Hey guys, welcome to the Perception channel. My name is Jeremy Lasky. I'm co-owner and co-founder of Perception. We have an incredibly special episode for you guys this week. It's a conversation with Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios. This is a huge honor for me and a long time uh, coming trying to get this interview and I'm thrilled to finally bring it to you guys. We've been collaborating with Marvel Studios for about eight years. Uh, we began on Iron Man 2 and have worked on nearly every Marvel Studios film since then. Uh, the entire culture at Perception is built on Marvel memorabilia from uh, toys to comic books to posters. Even our computers are each named after a different Marvel character from the Marvel Universe. So again, thrilled to have this uh, conversation. So without further ado, my interview with Kevin Feige. Jeremy. Yes. Hey, Kevin. How are you, man? Great, great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. How have you been? I've been uh, I've been busy, but very good. I know you've I'm been sure. busy, but very good. Yeah, well, we've been having a, an incredible time collaborating with you and your team for the last few years, and most recently, uh, we're, as you know, we're doing some stuff on Homecoming, which is super exciting. Yeah, which looks really cool and was super impressive, and our director sort of couldn't believe. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Latcham talked you up. He talked you up in a big, big way, and it's like, okay, you know, John Watts is like, all right, let's see. And he's like, <laughs> holy shit. Awesome. Great. That's great to hear. I uh, I really appreciate it. thought I'd just jump right in and um, get started with uh, with these questions. Sounds good? Awesome. Yeah, All right. Cool. So how did you get started? What was your first job, and, and how did you get from there to where you are now? Uh, I started as uh, as an intern on the lowest rung you can possibly start in Hollywood, uh, get your foot in the door and just start doing anything anybody asks you to do. Um, I was a film student at USC, and there were postings for uh, for internships, and uh, a lot of my friends at that time were getting internships at at lots of places, and, and a lot of places I hadn't heard of, uh, which is always cool. But I really thought, boy, if I'm going to go work for free and uh, and you know really spend a lot of time uh, when I'm not in class working for somebody, wouldn't it be great to do it for somebody that I knew or admired? And I got very lucky because when I went into the uh, the intern board, or whatever they call it, the job posting board in the old, now demolished George Lucas building at the uh, on the USC campus, there was a flyer for Donner Schuler Donner Productions, which was mm -hmm. Richard Donner, the director, of course, of Superman, mm -hmm. which I still think is one of the greatest comic films ever made, and I agree. I'm obsessed with, um, and Lethal Weapon, and Goonies, and Scrooge, and The Omen, and I just sort of couldn't believe it. So I uh, I put a resume together and uh, and sent it in and uh, and uh, was very lucky and got the uh, and got the job and that was that was the one and only resume I've ever filled out in my whole life. Wow, wow! For that internship, and I did all sorts of things there. I was uh, uh, you know filing and making copies and back in those days sending faxes and. Uh, and doing anything anybody needed me to do. I liked it very much that over the summer I stayed and I was a receptionist one summer, um, answering phones and, and uh, letting people in for meetings and uh, generally doing anything anybody uh, asked me to do. And then I got very lucky before I even graduated from film school, uh, they hired me as a, a PA. So I was part-time there, a production assistant. Uh, and when I graduated, um, I became Lauren Schuler Donner's assistant, which mm -hmm. was uh, which was uh, super exciting. Her assistants had 
um, one of her assistants uh, just before me had just been promoted to uh, associate producer on a movie and was working on the, on a film on location, which I thought sounded like the greatest thing ever. And boy, if I could if I could work hard and get to that level, I'd be really excited. And and that's what it was. And it was everything from uh, from uh, uh, heating up soup and getting lunch to washing cars and walking dogs. And in between that. Uh, reading scripts and doing mm-hmm. notes on scripts, and the one that I was most interested in um, that I did notes on and sent them in, and because Lauren is very gracious and a very good mentor, she would read them and sort of liked what they had to say and started inviting me into meetings with the newly hired filmmaker on the project um, uh, uh, is what became the first X-Men film. Awesome. And that's, how, that's how I started there. So when when you were growing up, what did you love more, comics or movies, or which did you fall in love with first? Movies. Movies, movies, movies by far. I always like comics, um, but I always say I was always – I would only occasionally go to the comic shop on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I would always go to the movies on Friday. I was I was obsessed with movies. What were now, some of I your favorites? Well, of Sorry. course. I mean, I, I grew up in the in the in the in the 80s, so so the Star Wars movies, the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. I might be the only person on earth who legitimately loves Star Wars and Star Trek equally. Yep. I couldn't tell you which one I love more. I love them both. <laughs> I think um, we're exactly the same age. So we we grew up in the same exact time. Back to the Future, all the well, Star Wars movies. You, you Back to the Future, the most perfect movie. Back yep. to the Future Two, the most anticipated movie. I read every. <laughs> behind-the-scenes article of the of the way they made both those movies back-to-back, yep. um, which, of course, is what we're doing now with the Avengers movie, uh, next to Avengers movies, and, and I swear we're doing that in part because I remember reading those stories of, uh, of Zemeckis on, on Back to the Future 2 and 3 at the same time. Um, uh, saw Back to the Future 2 seven times in a, in a theater. Would explain all my friends who would say it was too confusing. I'd go, no, it's not, and I would start drawing <laughs> Doc Brown's chart that he did right on board on paper. Um, super excited for Willow when Willow was coming out, and yep. I thought, uh, not great, <laughs> not great. Um, the Indiana Jones movies. I mean, you know, those are those are the those are the the crowd pleasing films that 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 inspired me and that uh, and that ignited my imagination to want to to want to do this. Awesome. So uh, moving ahead to the new Marvel Studios logo and, and sequence that we got to collaborate with you on, what was uh, what was the motivation to create that, and what story did you want it to tell? Well, uh, you know, the, the the very first Marvel logo that was in front of a film was uh, on the very first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. Mm-hmm. Marvel was was just starting to to come into its own in, in film and had enough clout to get a, to get it into the contract with Sony that they get their own uh, logo. And uh, and the logo that was developed for that I thought was great, and I think it's iconic now. That flip logo um, that uh, that people have seen saw for years on those movies. As we became our own studio, um, starting with Iron Man one, I thought, well, we need to identify uh, this film as being from Marvel Studios. So we started tweaking it a little bit. When we as we kept making films through Marvel Studios, we would make small tweaks here and there to it, which at the time I thought were really big differences. Look, we changed this or we moved this around. Audiences couldn't really tell, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't really didn't really notice. Subtle. And the more Marvel Studios movies that we would make, the more Marvel movies other studios would make. And uh, I felt we really needed to differentiate a film that was based on a Marvel comic versus a film that was produced by Marvel Studios itself. 
mm-hmm. which is when we, we contacted you to say, let's do something that celebrates the cinematic universe up to this point and includes the characters and the clips and the actors and the cast from those movies within the logo itself and really have it be a celebration of all the films that have come before mm-hmm. and, uh, and do it in a way that, that without doubt um, – could only be done in front of a pure Marvel Studios production. Awesome. With so many people collaborating on all of your productions, what makes Marvel Studios' process so successful? Well, you know, we, we've been doing it now for, for, for 10 years. We're, we're coming up on a, on a, on a, uh, a celebration of our first 10 years as a, as a studio. Um, we're going to be tracking that 10-year celebration to the release of Iron Man 1, mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be next year in in, uh, in 18. The truth is, we started working a few years before that as a studio as we got the financing, we started developing the films. So sure. it really now has been 10 years. Um, and most of us, as you know, at the studio here have been together 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really comes down to trust and to a shared vision, which does not mean, as you know from sitting in reviews with mm-hmm. all of us, uh, being in agreement all the time. Mm-hmm. But the end goal, the desire for the best product at the end of the day is shared across all of us. Um, but we don't always agree. And there can be, you know, contentious moments in, in reviews looking at... Spirited the, discussions. That's the dumbest thing ever. No, that's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And, it, and really, I cherish that. Because mm-hmm. I think it's that kind of that kind of creative uh, friction that leads to the best to the best product. But with all that, you guys are still able to make decisions so quickly, and it's always so impressive to us how uh, how you're able to do that with so many different incredible ideas and opinions being uh, you know brainstormed about. Well, I think that's a testament to you too that that, that when when it, it's hard to argue about something when you're presented with something that just works. Right. We, you know, we share, uh, you know, intellectually. I think, uh, I think we all have different taste levels here at Marvel Studios. But in our guts, when it, when we see something that's just plain cool and just works, we recognize it, mm-hmm. and that's when we know that okay, that's it. No reason to that makes the decision. That's yeah. Done. Yep. You guys get so some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Why do you think uh, Marvel Studios is so successful at attracting such impressive talent? Well, I think we've been very lucky. I think I think going back even before we were our own studio, you look at at um, X Men One that I was talking about with with Brian Singer coming off mm-hmm. of uh, The Usual Suspects, which was which was very smart of Lauren and 20th Century Fox to hire him, and and it was the filmmaker there that attracted Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. So so and go back to Richard Donner Superman with uh, with Gene Hackman and with Marlon Brando. There is a tradition of of great actors stepping into roles like this. Um, I think back in the day there was a, a lot of, uh, it was either a, a particular filmmaker, uh, director that would, uh, that would be the, um, uh, the reason a, a cast member would join a production. I think you go back famously to, to Marlon Brando on Superman and there was a lot of money involved, which of course there still is today in many cases, but that lures somebody in. But I think now we've gotten to a point which, which I take very seriously, um, that people just want to be in the sandbox. People want to play in our sandbox because they see their friends doing mm-hmm. it and like the end result. So mm-hmm. when we get uh, um, Kate Blanchett willing to appear in the third Thor movie, Mm-hmm. It's unbelievably exciting to us, yeah. and we take it very seriously because she knows that she's going to hang on wires and wear a strange-looking motion capture suit and 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 have dialogue with characters that we will only put in, you know, later in the post-production process, and 
and by the way, when you have somebody like Kate, you don't need any of the other effects. You can just watch the raw daily. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't then wait. I take it, then I take it very seriously, and, it's, and there's a trust level there that they expect us to add all that stuff that's not there in a great fashion and make their performance um, um, worthy, have everything that surrounds it worthy of the performance they've given us. So, so it's, uh, it's very flattering that people are knocking on the door and want to be in the universe, but once they join, uh, we take it very seriously and make sure that, uh, that they come across as cool and surprising and unexpected as possible. I love the recent featurette on the uh, Doctor Strange extras on the science of the MCU. It's called uh, Through the Keyhole. Yeah. which is a topic really close to home for us at Perception. Can you talk a little about the importance of grounding all your films with tech and science that audiences can connect with, and how do you know when you're going too far ahead? Well, I think that's something you know we've always responded to in uh, in the best fantasy films or the best science fiction films or the best of our of our comics. Um, you know, there's always take the kernel of something that exists in 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 uh, in physics or in astrophysics or now in quantum physics or quantum mechanics. Uh, what's so amazing about the time we live in is there's so many unbelievable theories going on that sound like something out of science fiction book. The multiverse itself, for instance, mm-hmm. is something that, uh, that uh, you know, is being used um, in all sorts of scientific theories. And none of us our PhDs around here. We just know <laughs> cool <laughs> ideas when we hear them um, and ideas that that uh, oddly tap into um, some of the conceits of our characters, the multiverse in the case of Doctor Strange, um, and, we, and we run with it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better than having, having sort of a kernel of an idea of what a world could be like and sitting down with, with and there's an amazing thing called the, the scientific, uh, Science and Entertainment Exchange, which I'm sure you know, and mm-hmm. they uh, are unbelievably accomplished scientists who want um, – to offer their services um, to make sure that the science in movies makes a little bit of sense. Now, that could go both ways. You could have a, you know, a scientist come in and go, oh, you can't breathe in outer space, or there's no sound in space, or mm-hmm. um, the multiverse is, you know, there's not a lot of proof for that. That's just a theory now. I don't think somebody could create a portal to walk through it, in which case the meeting would end quickly and it would be no fun. <laughs> but yeah. what's great is most of the scientists that we that – we, uh, that we interact with um, understand that there are creative liberties needed, but they guide us so those liberties can always maintain even a little thread of reality to it. And I do think that makes a, that makes a difference between something being pure fantasy and something seeming like it is a, um, somewhat scientifically possible. And for us, things are just all the more exciting when they could maybe, maybe actually happen in real life. Absolutely. And, you know, having worked on, on a number of, of your films and specifically the interfaces in the tech, we're always, we're always amazed by the kind of the unspoken hierarchy of tech coolness in the Marvel universe where, you know, Tony Stark is top of the food chain and everybody's tech has to be a notch or two below his. And, you know, he's like the one that everybody else's phones and devices are compared to. And, you know, now we're working a little bit uh, with Wakanda technology and that's a kind of different level. And, it's just it's interesting how the the mythology of the characters extends into their tech, and that is, is a whole other dimension of who that who that character is just by the technology that they possess or that they've created. Well, and that's the, and that's where you're so helpful is showing all sorts of different versions of of uh, of uh, 
what a sequence could be like or what the science behind the sequence, not just the holograms and how to differentiate holograms, yes, between Wakandan tech and Stark tech, um, but also with the with the um, some of the conceits, I think some of which would be spoilers if we talked about them right now, sure, that sure. help guide us into into future sequences is uh, is a great help. I've already made over a dozen films. I think you guys are up to fifteen. That um, that are forever. Fifteen, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be forever cemented in cinema history. What do you want the legacy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be? Uh, it's a loaded question, you know. To me, it's just about, I think, success in, in cinema, the, the now 120, whatever it is, 130-year history of cinema is the test of time. You know, I think, uh, I think um, the best films hold up over uh, over time, and I have no idea if any of our films will, or, or some of them, or all of them, um, but to me, that's the test. Can you continue to inspire uh, future generations the way we've been inspired by by films that have come before us. And to mm-hmm. me, that would be the that would be the, the ultimate legacy. And, and having been able to be a part of something that had never been done before, shared universe, and, and maybe we'll see much more of that, or maybe it'll come and go, and we'll, we'll still be doing it. I don't know. Um, but I like being a part of something that, uh, that uh, hadn't, hadn't been done before, certainly on this, uh, on this scale. Um, Absolutely. And, and continuing to, to inspire the next, uh, the next generations of kids that want to go to the... Uh, to their uh, administration building and get an internship and, and get yeah, a, that's that's where it all you know for me, almost now 25 years in LA, 20 years in the in the business if you count uh, 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 picking up lunches as being in the business, which I do. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. It's uh, you know uh, nice to think that they're uh, that their kids uh, being inspired and wanting to come make the move and, and tell their own stories and reinvent cinema another time. Awesome. So last question, Kevin. Uh, recently read an interview with Hugh Jackman, and he mentioned the only way he'd ever come back as Wolverine would be if he could be in an Avengers film. So is that the grand plan, to get all the Marvel characters back at some point under one umbrella? Well, I think I think Hugh had an amazing uh, an amazing final bow in, in Logan this year. Yeah. So I don't know that he should go anywhere beyond <laughs> that because it was pretty – what an amazing ten, – ten movies in, amazing way to, to end. Um uh, it was just great, uh, but yes, of course. I mean, my my goal is uh, is to to replicate the experience that that uh, you know comic book fans have reading the books up on the screen, and we've been able to accomplish that beyond my wildest dreams over the last ten years, mm-hmm. certainly including Spidey in Civil War and the upcoming uh, Infinity War. Um, is you know was yet another dream that uh, that I, I you know didn't even dare to to talk about publicly because I thought the odds of it were very slim. So sure. no plans beyond that right now for, for any of the, the few remaining characters that are already in the, in the uh, MCU. But uh, I always say never, never say never. Who knows what can happen in the future? Awesome. Um, lastly, uh, any exclusive scoops on Infinity War that you could drop? Nope. And neither can uh. you because you already have scoops. <laughs> can't talk about them. <laughs> Had to ask, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank uh, you so much, Jim. I really right, appreciate it. Jeremy. Talk to Thank you. you. Bye bye.